You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome back. It is another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com. And uh, we are fired up to be here today. A lot of stuff going on in Sooner Camp. Is backing at it, and we lo- a lot of action going on on the recruiting trail. A lot of stuff with the Big Twelve. We've had uh, uh, false reports going on out there. It's uh, it's been crazy stuff, just chasing it down left and right. So a lot to get to. So let's welcome in the entire crew: uh, Josh McQuistion, Eddie Radosovich, Bob Prisbilla. We're all here, uh, ready to talk to you guys and get after it. Because uh, boy, a lot of stuff has been going on. We've had uh, some Zoom meetings this week. We with more to come tomorrow with some players. So. Uh, guys, let's start. I know Josh is uh, typing some stuff up, so Eddie, we'll start with you. Good afternoon. Uh, well, uh, I'm in trouble again. Good mid morning. It's 11:10. Thank you. Oh, thank you. It is. Uh, it is afternoon on the East Coast, but we are in the Central Time Zone, and uh, I have a little bit of a surprise. I brought a special guest. My uncle Tom Brenneman is with me this evening. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Well, we don't have to ask, is this racist or is this homophobic? It absolutely is. What a night. What a night he had on Wednesday. Wow. I mean, I mean to, to, to have a home run hit by the team that you're announcing for in the middle of your apology, like, can you, I mean, I guarantee that's the no, only time someone that is a home team announcer is saying to themselves, oh, shit, as someone is hitting a home run. Just, I mean, in an empty ballpark with nobody around, it just, I think Big Cat said, said it best. It's, it, it was one of the most 2020 things of 2020. Yeah, I mean, and, and to have a guy basically sit there and think through, like, how he has just lost his job on air, I don't think I've ever seen oh, that before. He had, he had, it, it was like one of those moments that, like, his, which is, you know, I would say a very good career. The Brenneman family, obviously, oh, yeah, uh, one of the, probably the biggest names in Cincinnati with his dad, Marty. Royalty, like, broadcasting royalty. Yeah, he, he literally saw his entire career come to a close in the matter of, uh, I don't know, 45 minutes last night. It was uh, as somebody that has thoroughly enjoyed watching the Cubs uh, repeatedly. Uh, and I'm, I'm sorry, Toby Rowan, for saying this, but repeatedly basically beat the shit out of the Reds for the last 10 years, much to the demise of, uh, of, of Tom Brenneman. I, 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 in a very sick, sad way, I kind of enjoyed it last night. Well, remember Tom Brenneman had that really great send off for Bob Euchre. Like, um, I, it was like they were together and it was just a really cool deal that he did. And you're just like, 
that's the same guy that just basically called Kansas City a bunch of... Yeah, but then I, I also remembered, and I, I guess I didn't remember it at the time. I had to see it last night. I think Carson Cunningham or somebody mentioned it, but he's also the same guy that basically slobbed all over Tim Tebow in the 2009 National Championship game, too. <laughs> That's right, yeah, because everybody was mad because he was doing football. He didn't, he, you know, they wanted somebody yeah, else. Yeah, not a football guy. Yeah. But, so, anyway, uh, Tom Brenneman. R.I.P. in peace uh, to your career. So I, I hate joking about that either, too, because I mean, just... no, it's, it, 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 I, I feel bad about joking about it, but I, it's 2020. We have to joke about something. And we're Cub fans. And since he used to announce for the Cubs and left on such bad terms, he's been bitter towards Chicago ever since. By the way, Mark like Grace, I, said, I believe, got suspended recently for uh, taking shots at his ex-wife on a broadcast. Yes, well, she did. was a dingbat, it sounds like. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's just, it's just everybody's going a little nuts, including, uh, you know, football players all over the place. Bryce Bray <laughs> kicked off of Oklahoma State's team. Uh, and a lot of our uh, Bixby connections on the board felt like it was related to him not following COVID protocols, uh, which you saw that at Arizona with a player, got kicked off the team for not being able, for basically just refusing to follow protocols. You've had you've had certain athletes like, uh, oh, what's his name, uh, the, the kid from Missouri that never played because of his back with the Nuggets. Um, Porter? Porter Jr. He had a bunch of weird stuff about COVID. Like... So you he's tearing up he's tearing up the bubble though, so I guess he has an excuse. Hey, kind of was. He's kind of cooled off a little bit. But anyway, it just kind of shows you like a, a team really isn't any different than normal life. Like we, everyone knows if you've been on the Crimson Corner, we have our COVID hardos that just bang the drum constantly that this isn't that bad. And I'm not talking about Josh McQuestion. Uh, you know, <laughs> this isn't that bad. Uh, I don't understand why they're being this way about it. Just play some damn football. Nobody's going to die. Like, And then you have the, the crowd that's like, you know, they should be concerned. We don't know enough about this. Like, like it's just everywhere in every, every facet of life, whether it's a, a team and you have people opting out. Kennedy Brooks just opts out. Uh, we don't know if there will be others that opt out, but that, that possibility certainly still exists. Uh, and you know, even if the Big Ten was playing football, like one of their best players had already opted out before they made that decision. The the linebacker from Penn State. Yeah, Michael Parsons. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just it's, and people ask like, how is it? How is Oklahoma doing? Well, they're kind of doing like everybody else. You know, they haven't reported Lincoln Riley for false. You know, for hiding falsely hiding. You know, COVID results or anything like they have at Colorado State. Uh, where else is that? Florida State. Florida State. Uh, I think that's happened a couple Syracuse. other places. Syracuse did a sit-in. Uh, Notre Dame obviously has. I mean, Notre Dame shut down basically the entire campus. In North, North Carolina. Carolina. Shut it down. Tulsa shut it down. Tulsa shut it down. Uh, Iowa State at one point, there was talk that they had some issues. Uh, but Miami had shut it down at one point. I mean, everybody. I think Pitt had some. Remember, Pitt, they had the weirdest thing I heard of. They canceled practice because they thought that their players were showing symptoms, and then they went and tested everyone and found out that no one had the COVID. COVID. So they were just having a shitty practice, 
and they blamed it on COVID and shut it down. <laughs> I love that. So, I mean, it's it's been nuts everywhere. We did talk to uh, Alex Grinch Alex. and Dennis Simmons yesterday. Uh, Alex Grinch, I don't know what happened, but somehow the pandemic happened. Like we, Alex Grinch was the last person we talked to before they shut it down. Uh, I was on the, the cab conference that he was a part of, and then he spoke to the media, but like, guys, what has happened? Alex Grinch has become the most quotable person on the planet in terms of football all of a sudden. Has someone transplanted his personality in the offseason? I always thought Alex Grinch was yeah. pretty I thought Grinch was great last year. It's just long quotes, so you have to find them. But he he was very honest, I thought, last year. And because he doesn't give the coach speak, it's so refreshing. And because there were no COVID questions yesterday, that was just all football for 33 minutes. I think that was really appreciated. And I think he probably enjoyed talking football, too. You know, it's kind of interesting that, you know, after listening to him talk and it, it a it's kind of crazy to to, I guess, realize that he's only been here for two years. It seems like he's been here for five years now. Uh, maybe that just is being that the last five months have felt like five years. But it, uh, it, it it's kind of crazy that like he's had some really bad luck at the beginning of uh, of camps, whether it be uh, guys last year and then obviously Caleb Kelly and Justin Harrington this year. Uh, they've had a, just kind of a bad run. And his comment about, you know, not having a depth chart for two years, basically, or you can tear it up after the first it couple changed days. changed every week, he said. It, his depth chart, he never had the same depth chart week to week for two years. Basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it, it, it's kind of crazy. But uh, here we go. Like, I guess yesterday is kind of what Bob said. It's okay. like, yesterday was the first day that it felt like we're talking about football, we're talking about sport, it, a little bit of normalcy back into what we normally do on a Wednesday during this time of the year. And Bob, I thought one of the the inter one of the more interesting things that he said yesterday, just from a personnel standpoint, is I think in my mind, I expected that Trey Norwood would just would just move back to nickel. Uh and you know, who knows what happens to Book Buki after that. Uh but the fact he said that they're working him at corner uh first and foremost and that they're gonna find a place for him to play somewhere, I thought that was kind of surprising. Yeah, and it kind of goes along with the logic that he said a lot of people are going to learn different positions because you don't know when a COVID outbreak is yeah. going to change your chart in a hurry. You mentioned David Aguebu as someone who's going to know outside, inside. You mentioned Trey Norwood's going to be able to play all five spots in the secondary. So I guess I, people love to have labels and the pigeonholes like this is what he plays. That era, at least for this season, is kind of outdated. You're just going to have to play whatever you're able to do in at any given week, depending on how circumstances go. I'm going to say something mean here. But for you assholes on the board that will not give up on the Jaden Hazelwood conspiracy theory, I just want to let you know, I allowed Dennis Simmons to murder me yesterday for you. For you assholes, all right? I did it for you. I was murdered. Some people are saying it's as close as we've ever come to uh, the death of Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know about that. I, that's what I heard. Look, you got to ask the question. It's it's out no, there. I mean, it, it was just shocking to me that it was delivered. I mean, he literally laughed before he stabbed me in the throat. 
I have not. This is this is exciting news. I've missed this. I was sooner summiting and doing other stuff. What have I missed? Josh, don't talk about that yet, okay? Oh, we'll get there. But Are you I, just trying to derail the podcast? Is that no, what you're trying to no, do? No, I want to know what happened with Dennis, Dennis Simmons. This sounds fantastic. I just asked, you know, what is what is Jaden Hazelwood able to do in workouts? Do you have a timetable for his return? And he chuckled and he said, Carrie, you know I don't talk about injuries. Next, next, qu- question. next question. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a straight up murder. That that's ugly. But you know, I was the, I was there. I knew I was in front of the executioner potentially. I, I but wait, I'm not you verified there was an injury. So we've had two coaches verify. We've had double verification. That's true. I guess I should look at it that way. Like f- you people, I just verified through a second coach that he's injured. So in front of lots of media. I'm gonna I'm gonna bleep this one. So s- my d- all right. <laughs> I guess I need to start marking this stuff since it's me. Double tap that one. So, yeah, but outside of that, I mean, I don't know that we gained a lot from talking to Dennis Simmons. Um, maybe maybe not from Dennis Simmons. I do think, and I, uh, two thoughts real quick. The Grinch stuff I do think is interesting with the David Wegbu stuff, if we want to talk about yeah. him moving inside. Do it. The, the other stuff about Dem- Dennis Simmons is, you know, I was talking to somebody else about this, too, the fact that, they have had kind of an alpha every year returning. And I think Kersey asked him about like having an alpha on, uh, you know, within the wide receiver room, as opposed to not, he didn't seem and to like that the, question either. All of a sudden you take away, like there's a lot of question marks. I, I would assume around Charleston Rambo and consistency, but outside of that, I mean, if Hazelwood is injured, uh, bridges is suspended. Probably uh, there's not a whole lot of guys that have really showed out if you will. Well, it it kind of, it's interesting to see, I guess, what Theo Howard, what Obi Obiala will bring. Cause they are going to need some quote unquote veteran presence in that room. Maybe if not out on the field, I don't know who the alpha for 2017 was, but they just made it work. Eventually sure. lamb and Brown came around and Mark Andrews was always there for, for Baker. If you want to say tight end was an alpha. I, I mean, They've done this before, and I think <clears throat> that's a part of the reason why Simmons kind of sounds like he chuckled when you ask about leader in the room or quarterback chemistry. It's like we go through this every year. We know sure. somehow, some way, we are going to make this work. And I almost think that like the question marks at wide receiver or my own question marks about what they have at wide receiver, and I don't know if I have question marks as much as I just need to see it actually unfold, but – I mean, those two little security blankets, and they're not little by any means, but the two security blankets and how they use Braden Willis and Austin Stogner, I am, I'm so excited to see. Like, I love the H-back tight end position, and I am excited to see how they use those guys. And that's the thing that Dennis really, you know, he's not going to take away from his own guys and and, and talk about, the, you know, that. But that's why I'm not really worried. I mean, that's, I'm not worried sure. when Jaden Hazelwood comes back. I'm not worried about Trajan Bridges being suspended. Uh, you know, Charleston Rambo's a good player. Theo Wees can make a, a huge jump. And like you said, the transfer, Obiallo, or I don't even know how to say his name correctly. Uh, you know, we'll see what you get there. But Theo Howard, I mean, obviously a guy with experience that knows how to play this game, just played at a high level. Uh, and then you throw in Stogner and, and, and Willis. I mean, like, that's a ton of weapons. They're going to find a way. And this is going to be an offense that throws the football again. We're going back to Baker, back to, 
to to Kyler Murray. This is not going to be the Jalen Hurts uh, taking away all the carries from the running backs and you know not finding open receivers on the field. Spencer Rattler should cure all that and get Lincoln Riley back to the offense that he wants to run with a lot of weapons around him. And this feels completely outdated on Thursday, but we haven't even mentioned Kennedy Brooks being out, and so maybe they pass a little bit more. It won't be too big. I mean, you know Lincoln wants to run, and, and but T.J. Pledger and Marcus Major will have to show some, that they can be trusted and counted on for the bulk of the carries, or else they, they might have to change up their game plan. I don't know about you, know, you guys, kind of- uh, Eddie. Um, T.J. Pledger and uh, – when he got back from that wrist, that broken wrist or whatever the surgery he had there, uh, mm-hmm. and then Trey Sermon was out, I really started to feel like he showed us his best version of himself late in the year last year. He had some good carries. I, you know, I, I, I was going back through some of the video that we had from last year, and uh, I want to say it was the. I, I guess I could look it up right now, but I want to say it was the Tech game that he had a couple really nice carries late in the game. And maybe it wasn't Tech, because that would have been earlier in the season. I can't remember, yeah, it was but really early. Uh, I'm, I'm super excited to see it. Not to say that I'm not excited to see TJ Pledger, because I, I put out that photo uh, from the video that they put out from Sooner Sports as far as I thought he looks great physically. But there is this like little, and I think it was a question on the board even, there's this little, uh, I don't know, like a mysterious cloud over Marcus Major, just because I know how good he was in high school, even if he was what I think everybody would agree is underutilized, but like I'm still buying that he's he's definitely going to be a dude. Like I think that there's a reason to be excited for him, just like there is an excited reason to see somebody like a Marvin Mims out at the wide receiver position. And I think a lot of that has to do with we just didn't see these guys in spring, so there is this like little like kind of wonder of how how good these guys actually could be. I think Major would have been out for the spring, wouldn't he, Bob? Yeah. Yeah, or That's very true. limited, very That's limited That's would true. have been the way, yeah. But, I mean, look, I, I've heard really good things about Marcus Major. I've talked about that a lot on the board. Uh, but, you know, going out and playing in game, I we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see, uh, you know, what Seth McGowan can do. Uh, you know, I'm they're going to have to get carries for guys, and everybody's going to have to contribute, and they're going to have to stay healthy. I mean, that's going to be key. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and I think any everybody knows, especially when we're talking about the the running back position. Hell, we were talking about this before Kennedy Brooks made his decision. Uh, that's a room that can be pretty full, and then all of a sudden, in a few weeks, you look up and they're having to move a Trey Millard over to uh, running back because uh, Joe Mixon won't pay his parking attendant. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't think it. I don't think it. See, wouldn't pay. It was that he he tore it up and threw it in her face. <laughs> And then threatened to run her over with his car. I would have. I wish we would have had that incident on camera as well. Well, he wouldn't have been at OU if we did. Well, the parking attendants on in Norman are the craziest people ever invented. They have. There's they no sympathy be, for the they parking might be attendants. Crazier than yeah. the uh, undercover cops that go and try and bust parties wearing Hawaiian shirts like they used to do when I was down there. I really wish that the barnacle thing would have would have ended up working. That they were going to oh, try. Man. You remember that? Yes, that was uh, <laughs> that, that was one of the many thing. disasters that I wish that uh, we had because that would be normalcy. That would be something fun to talk about. The barnacle shows you how out of control OU parking is. That oh, they yeah. thought that oh, that yeah. could fly, and immediately 
people were going to Reddit and finding ways to defeat the barnacle, like before they could even implement it. You turn your defroster on, and then you get a credit card, and then you just you get it right off of there. <laughs> People are insane. It, 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 it does feel good to talk to some of the coaches, though. It's uh, it, it feels like football as as normal as it can be is here. Uh, and you know, I think obviously with OU, there's a there's a ton of question marks, uh, whether it be on the offensive or the defensive side of the ball. It's better than my day to day. I mean, outside of doing the podcast, which I love. Uh, but since we don't have any Zoom calls today, all I'm doing is sitting around and waiting for refrigerator parts to come so I can try and DIY fix my refrigerator that hasn't been working for like a year. Should just get you a new a refrigerator that hasn't worked for a year? Yeah. I figured out you can live without a refrigerator as a single man. Oh, oh my God. You don't know about this? Minecraft. Now I had no idea. Minecraft out for like two weeks, and our world nearly crashed to an end. Like it well, was as, bad. As Bob and and Eddie can tell you, I cannot invite a serviceman over to my house. I mean, it would be like they would probably call whoever the people are that come over when you're mm-hmm. a when. What do they call those people that just have shit stacked to the ceiling? Hoarders. A hoarder. Yeah, they'd probably call hoarder patrol on me. Oh, I've been to your house. There's concerns. <laughs> I think Josh would just make the announcement. Carrie, next week, TLC is going to be in Norman. <laughs> they're coming to your house. Actually, it's the, you guys would be shocked. The, the whole front is cleared now. I just have one chair I have to get out of here. Uh, but this is partly your damn fault, guys. I mean, you know, half my house is a damn office now. So Because this was all our idea. You two turn everything. Top things that they're gonna go over. It was it was working great before COVID (laughs) happened. (laughs) I mean, now I just have a fucking brick in my living room, a a a television (laughs) studio that doesn't even work that we can't even use. God damn it! Well, you know how much fucking money I spent on this horse shit, and now we can't even come into the fucking studio. I mean, we're doing everything on Skype. Like, I built this studio for nothing now. Goddamn COVID. I've got the perfect, you know, with what we started the podcast as, I've got the perfect answer to all this. We need some journalism hardos to come in. They can be our, you know, they're going to be our interns. They're going to relate to some of the guys on the board that maybe don't relate to us that think, you know, maybe people could die. We should give it some, you know, some conscious thought. And so we, we, we make people happy on the board. And we get to run the TV studio. Carrie just has to walk through his house in a hazmat suit. It's going to be fine. I just want a goddamn refrigerator that works finally, all right? <laughs> That's all I need. I can handle it. I have a brick of a TV studio sitting in my living room now where I can't even sit and watch a goddamn basketball game if I want to. If I just have a refrigerator now, I'd be happy. I, I installed a new garage door opener, a new faucet, a new garbage disposal. I'm running out of shit to fix but i'm looking forward to trying to fix my refrigerator good luck to you should be should be fun anyway alex grinson needs to fix the goddamn dj (laughs) he's up all night because that screen that that screenplay i mean i before we did that we were late starting the podcast because i went on with like Cole Kubelik, and Josh has been on with him before and his, his radio station in Alabama. And, you know, they were asking me all these questions about the Big 12 and kind of about 
I guess we should talk about the report yesterday real quick that blindsided, I think, every Sooner fan alive saying that OU, like, this is such a, am I wrong that this is nothing but a Longhorn fan-generated rumor that somehow made its way to a website affiliated with with Sports Illustrated? I did not recognize the name. Did anybody else? Somebody else on the board said that it's a guy that's covered college football for a while. I, I had he never worked at the Dallas the Morning name. News forever. Mark Bloodshaw. Oh, he did. Yeah. Ah. Okay. Okay. I didn't know that. Well, it was a it was a dumb report to begin with. It's another indication that SI is a sad, sad place. And well, technically, I, I think this was it, like a Maven thing. Yeah. Like this is that offshoot of SI. Like. They're trying to do like a Rivals 24-7 thing, the Maven or whatever. So the, I guess technically they're part of that, which we all know. I'm not trying to disparage networks because we have good and bad in ours. 24-7 has good and bad in theirs, mainly OU. Uh, and then, you know, the Maven. I think, you know, Robert Allen moved over there for the OSU stuff. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's – but that guy has a history. Like, he's he's – been a like when I talk to people at OU, they're like, Yeah, we know who that guy is. We can't believe that, you know, he wrote that because it's not true. But, like, yeah, I, I had to, the fans were such so up in arms. I needed to contact people at OU to say, Is there something here like that we've all missed? And they're like, No, we've been transparent the entire time about how we feel about trying to play football. Like, we haven't changed. OU was literally having a two-hour meeting yesterday about game day operations. So how in the hell are they backing out of playing football all of a sudden? You can say a lot of things. Uh, or I guess you can't say a lot of things. But the one thing you can say about anything that has happened in the last four or five months from the OU side is they've been at least a little transparent as far as the policies on what they're doing and uh, everything related to that. Maybe not so much with the team stuff, but just from the from the oh, outside not with the team stuff. in, they've been transparent about it. No, I think the administration, and Bob, you could probably agree with this. I mean, Jokas Leone has done more Zooms than Lincoln Riley has. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, before uh, Saturday's call with Lincoln, it had been July 3rd was the last time we had gotten in touch with them. So, yeah, Josie's definitely been out there as, as much, maybe even more than some people would would like. But he's transparent and, you know, their policy. You figure they should probably be announcing another round of testing results since it is Thursday. That yeah. usually tended to be today. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that because if you had nine positives heading into the week, is it still at nine and have those any of those nine? fully recovered that they're back into the swing of things. Yeah, and I hope that comes out. And I hope it's I hope it's, you know, positive because I, honestly, I think the program needs that right now. I I mean, after having the nine positives, uh and guys, we did talk to Lincoln Riley, as you said, and I don't know we how don't, much we you don't hope anything is positive these days. We hope it's uh <laughs> good information. I've always been caught in between like <laughs> We say we hope something is positive when we hope it's not positive. Is it positively, positively negative? All right. I How about not negative? There you go. Not, not negative. It doesn't have to be positive. It's just not negative. <laughs> I, 
I've always been caught in between on what to say about that. Well, don't you want <laughs> negative results from COVID testing? So you I don't think want Eddie, is this negative. just emotional trauma from the Good News Network failing? Uh, we're not failing. It should be noted, too, that I did survive COVID. So, uh, you know, I, I think my word is a little bit stronger than others. Well, that's not negative. There. Is that right? I think so. So hopefully, oh, you get some not negative information today. <laughs> no, see, that's wrong when you're talking about COVID tests. That's what I just said. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> nope. It doesn't sound right. Hopefully they get good news regarding COVID tests today because the world could use good news from OU's COVID tests. How about that? I think that's very fair. And I have to call. Just artfully played there. So, but uh, real quick, let's talk about, you know, Lincoln did meet with the media uh, since the last time we talked, right? Yeah, that was on Saturday. Yeah. That was on Saturday. Uh, and I thought the one thing that was interesting, well, there were several interesting things, but one of the things that struck me most and still I think about is he was asked, like, do you think it was a mistake to give the players a week off? Uh, and he kind of was like, probably wasn't the best idea. Thinking back, having hindsight. Didn't it feel like maybe some of those players thought the season was over when they were let go? And like, like everyone let their guard down yeah. just a bit. And that's all it takes. There's just one or two nights where you let your guard down and it just spirals downward. Well, and somebody asked me on the board and I kind of traced it out last night. Um, like, okay, why did that happen? Why did Lincoln Riley give them the week off? Well, here's the thing. They practiced that Saturday morning. It was the second consecutive terrible practice from what I'd been told. Uh, so the coaches then, that was the day of John Blake's funeral. The coaches, uh, Joe Castiglione was at that. So apparently Lincoln had gotten with Joe and Joe, Joe Harris as well, and they had been informed the Big Ten was getting ready to vote on canceling the season and the Pac-12 was likely to follow and they didn't know how the Big 12 would kind of take it. So you're sitting there and you're, you know that this week is getting ready to happen where all this stuff is going to go down and you already know your players are struggling just to, you know, get, get through practices because they're already stressed because of all this stuff. And so then he allows his players to vote on whether they want to take a week off, regroup, refocus, and come back if there is a season to start preparing for a season. And that's why he let them off, because they voted for it. And, I mean, I, I looking back, I can't say it was a bad idea, guys. I mean, I think it was something he had to do. No, I, I think it was. Uh, and I just... I think more than anything, Kerry, I, I think it, he was just straight up disappointed that they had so many positive cases coming back. I think there was a little bit of a sense of trust in knowing, you know, these most guys, of guys will take care of around themselves. Campus. Yeah. And it's it's kind of like I told you, and I think I put it on the board. I had heard that six of the nine came from one spot. And I think everybody can kind of use their imagination on what that means. But I think that he was more disappointed with maybe the lack of uh Poor judgment than any than than guys actually coming back and testing positive, knowing 
possibly where it came from. That was my read on the situation. But it was strange, too, because, like, Bob Benny Wiley was still posting videos of guys that were working out even after he let them go. Like, so there was a group of guys that were like, we're going to keep working even though we've got the week off. So, I, I mean, there was clearly a segment of the team that was still hoping and praying that there was going to be a season, even though it looked kind of dire. Yeah, it's kind of been how we've been the last couple months. There's days where you feel very confident that we're going to have a lot to do during the fall, and then there's days where you feel like, man, I don't know if this is ever going to come together. And if you get caught on one of those bad days and someone asks you to do something that maybe you shouldn't be doing, it's probably a lot easier to go ahead and go with that line of thinking instead of trying to be mentally strong and stay disciplined, which is, I got to imagine, incredibly tough at that age to stay disciplined 24-7, knowing you cannot slip up not one time during the next, you know, four or five months. And did- I did, there, was a, there was an NBA Bastard uh, Holmes column talking about the, the bubble, and basically one of the quotes that really stuck out to me was just the fact that it takes one guy. It literally is going to take one guy to up and bring down a season. And just knowing that, I have to think is like, and when Joe Castiglione and everybody else talked about like just the mental, uh, you know, how poor it could be for somebody's mental health if they didn't play. Like, I just can't imagine what these kids are going through right now. I mean, I'm 33 and handle it like a little bitch 90% of the time. I can't imagine (laughs) what they're being asked to do. I can't imagine 21, 20 year old Eddie handling this. Um, you wish would have just I know lived my mom every. Listens, so I probably won't answer how I normally would, but it would. Uh, there would have been a lot of. Uh, would there be just denial? Just, just living your life, just not caring more than anything? I, I think. Yeah, I bet that, that's right, yeah, Bob. Bob. That's, that's right. Eddie would have been oblivious to all this. He wouldn't have paid any attention to it. He would yeah. he would have just been shirtless, you know, walking around the, the house. I really worried about how Fiji was going to rush uh, through technology. Yeah, you probably wouldn't have been real happy. I can't imagine probably. how many losers are going to get into good fraternities this <laughs> oh year. God. Well, you know what? I... And that's the other thing. Like the NCAA, you just reminded me of that. How many fat chicks going to be thetas this year? Oh, God. <laughs> Eddie, oh I thought I was you, on mute. My bad. Are you slim? Let me, I'm just Tom? checking. I'm, I, Carrie, I have a whoop. I walk every day now. I'm uh, six days into the journey. And uh, I don't know how much I weigh, but, and I don't feel skinny, but I think it's coming. You're worshiping coming. Billy football? Is that what's going on? Basically, yeah. I, I got a whoop. Me and Rory and Justin Thomas. Basically, I'm as I, I'm as fit as I've ever been now. Basically, just by wearing it. That's good. I'm proud of you. Maybe. Thank you. If I see you again, and it'll 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 probably stop in about a week. But it's kind of like the cooking thing. I don't do that anymore either. <laughs> <laughs> the crockpot is no more. I mean, I have it still. How yeah. many of those liners do you have left? Did you buy like the Sam's pack. If I need to use something, if I need to cook something in the crock pot, I have some liners hanging around. I do. In 10 years. Then, hey, the uh, next time, you know, possibly. Eddie has friends over for cheese and wine. They're going to make a nice little queso. It's going to be wonderful. I believe that's called fondue. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'll uh, I, I I'm I'm not right there with you, but I, my my cooking has definitely slowed down. That shit got old real fast. So, uh, no, but you were you were talking about you know bad people getting stuck in places, kind of, and it reminded me of the NCAA. And they're basically trying to, they're talking about passing this thing where no one loses a year of eligibility that plays this year or doesn't play this year. I guess because they have to be fair to like, if the if the Big Ten doesn't play but the SEC does, is it fair to the SEC if Big Ten players get a year of eligibility back and the, and the SEC players don't? So they have to pass a breath. But... Josh, I just see is this is a really big can of worms because and it's really bad to talk about this in these times, but pretty much it just it it guarantees that schools are going to get stuck with players that aren't good enough to move on. Yeah, I mean that's that's what you're going to look at because there are I mean this I, people keep wanting to present this like it's the wild west and guys can just go wherever they want to doesn't work like that. I mean, even, you know, every time, every time a defensive player becomes available, it turns into, well, is Oklahoma going to look at him? Oklahoma has uh, two available scholarships right now. So it's not something they can't look into. But at the same time, like, you know, with all that's going on in the Big Ten right now, if you're Oklahoma, do you want to wait around and see if maybe Sean Wade wants to play a, a game at corner for, you know, in Norman? I mean, do you want to consider that a possibility? Or do you want to lock up a guy that's been a good player at another school? So it's there are the, all these things you have to think through, and it's not just about what's available right now. It's could these things change? And the bottom line is most schools are going to be at 84, 85, so they can't just go take everyone. But at the same time, there's a definite possibility that a lot of the elite NFL guys are either just going to opt out altogether or are going to try to find a safe home somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't, hopefully, you know, you have to, I, I think you have to have pretty much a consensus across the board. I, I, I guarantee you, I know what, how Nick Saban would vote. He'd be like, no way in hell do I want that put on me. Um, but I would think most most big programs that recruit well absolutely don't want anything to do with this. I know I know for a fact it was a headache on the baseball side of things, and it might be a little bit different because of the scholarship limitations. But uh, I would imagine it's an even bigger headache for the football guys. Did they propose what the limit would be? Because you can't be eighty five then. Yeah, you'd have did, to did bump they? up the the scholarship. I yes. never. Bob, I never saw a number. I just saw that it was expected to be much bigger. I, I never saw an exact number, though. My question is, how long can that last? Because at some point, you're just going to, especially with the NCAA coming out this week and saying, this year it isn't even really going to count against eligibility. Like, how do you make that work? Um, at what point do they come back down to 85? And how do you make what are undoubtedly just going to be cuts? Yeah, because like if you go to 105, say you add 20, you, slowly you got to start cutting that back down, and that changes recruiting up so much. It's going to be very interesting how it all works out. 
And what does that do to Title IX? Like, do they have to give, you know, do, do women suddenly point, get Josh. more scholarships? Like, there's a lot of stuff that's not just, okay, the NCAA can rewrite this. No, they're, they're going through national federal stuff here that they've got to try to balance at that point. So have we reached the point where Eddie uh, tells people on the rundown, fast forward to here for recruiting information and on the summit? Real, real quick, I just wanted to backtrack because we didn't talk about it much, but any thoughts? Does anybody have any thoughts on David Awegbu moving inside? Can that is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Do we not know? We I don't mean, know, but it could be a good thing if Asamoah isn't playing up to the level that they need him. Now, you heard Grinch mention Asamoah and Deshaun White as guys practicing at a different level, but you look at what Aguebu brings to the table, just his, his physical uh, stature. If that is someone who can max out and understand the in the inside game, there, you, you'd be foolish to not throw him out there and see what he can do. Because he made play. You think about Bedlam. He was a pretty big part of why OU was able to win Bedlam. If he can move on from there and become something even better, there's no doubt you have to take that chance. And I just follow that up by saying, Carrie, I know that, and you you asked Alex Grinch about it uh, on Wednesday, but it it sounds like there is continued good news coming out of the program as far as the defensive line and Perry on Winfrey yeah. most specifically. Yeah, and it, I mean he didn't mind. I mean, Alex Grinch was not much other than his position group. He doesn't really like singling guys out, but he didn't mind talking about Perry on Winfrey and uh, seemed to indicate that there's a lot of guys that are kind of flashing there. Uh, on the defensive line, I, I would imagine Jordan Kelly is one of those guys. Maybe uh, I don't know. I mean, after watching, um, you know, Benny Wiley kind of feature him, Zacchaeus McKinney. I mean, you're curious about if he's ready to kind of take a step. Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus. I, I know that he was in one of those videos that uh, Wiley put out not too long ago, and I I thought he looked great. It's it'll be kind of fun to see what what this defense comes together in year two. I. I, I guess we don't have a whole lot of answers right now, but uh, I mean, if anything, and I, I think everybody would agree, they got they got a nice little collection of talent down there. I know that it needs to get better, but it, you have to like where they're headed. And that's what Grinch said. He said there should be a lot more bodies rotate in and out as long as they can stay healthy. The depth is a lot better in year two compared to year one, and we'll see if that translates. You were not shitting. I just saw the tweet in the group from Zach Smith, Urban Meyer Smith. He literally named his kid after Urban Meyer, and not just a middle name. He not really just a thinks first name. he really thinks he's getting a job back when Urban Meyer gets a coaching job again. I, I wouldn't put it past that slime bowl to hire him back. You know? Yeah. I guess the question is: is I mean, we know that Bob's living his retirement life well. I don't know if. Urban Meyer is uh, human enough to enjoy the retirement. Does that make sense? Is he straight enough to enjoy retirement? No, like human enough. Like he almost just seems too robotic. You didn't get the like joke. Bob, like Bob obviously is enjoying peddling tequila all over the state of Oklahoma, and I'm enjoying <laughs> it as maybe as much as he is. Josh, you have to appreciate that Eddie didn't get the joke there. We never get his surprised. jokes. Yeah. Was... But he missed mine. I'm in Thunder Game Day playoff mode. <laughs> just, 
just trying to get this wrapped up, you know? They are so screwed if they don't win today. Zoom meeting from last week. Are you are you watching the Lou Dort cam? Like, is there a Lou Dort cam somewhere you can watch? There is like a. I saw you know Dylan. I saw Dylan like, post something from that. Yeah, there are like cameras at the practice facility. And let me just Robo be honest: cams. if you're watching that, get out. Go do something, dude. Can you, you imagine if there the was a Robo cam at OU practices? Holy shit, man! That'll you know, well, never I mean, happen. You can find those on Soonerscoop.com, but the ones in the NBA <laughs> bubble, you'd have to find on. You have uh, to pay. Facebook. You have to pay extra to get the RoboCam footage. Eddie, Something. Did, did the NBA? Did they contact you for just advice on how to um, most just get into the background of these players? You know, while kind of not being seen, but you know, definitely getting the video footage you needed. They should have. They should have. No, I agree. I mean. The guy in the bushes, that, that's David you. David Stern guy, though. Mm. And I haven't, I, I don't watch the NBA anymore. When they stopped standing for the national anthem, that's when I was out. All right. Here we go. Anyway. Um, okay. Let's move go on. Ahead. It's time to talk about the summit. And I will preface this by saying, look, I've taken my shit. I've taken my lumps. I let everyone beat me up on the boards. Because, yes, I, I poo-pooed the idea from the start. I'm ready to sit here and say it's happening. A version of this is happening. And I'm not against it. I am, I am for it. I'm for anything that gets OU fans fired up. Just, I'm not for dickheads that just want to keep coming after me. I banned another OUTD today because he... Can't, can't stop from making cracks about it. When I've taken my shit, all right? I've taken all I've got to take. With that being said, Josh, Bob, feel free to fill us in on the summit, the wonderful summit. Well, after that colorful introduction, how can, <laughs> where, where can we go? And uh, it sounds like some have, all, have already landed. If you look at Jaleel Farouk's Instagram, sounds like him, Caleb Williams, and... Tristan Lee have made their way. Yeah, uh, that was, I, you know, I think, and I, when you look at it, when you look at the group we're expecting, other than Savion Bird, I would say Farouk and Lee are the ones where you could see the most impact come out of this weekend. Not just because, you know, they haven't they haven't been there before. There's not all the um, familiarity, but in this situation. You get two guys that are going to be with Caleb a lot. Obviously, Caleb's the ringleader of this whole thing. They really get to, you know, just see it through his eyes, and he has a lot more familiarity than most guys are going to in this scenario. So I, I, I think there's a lot of positive to be taken from that, that they're going to have all this time with him and his family and really just kind of continue to further that idea of them all playing together. Um, and I would be honest, you know, if I was going to pick a guy that I thought, okay, this is probably the guy I've got my eye on the most this weekend, I think Jalil Farouk would be that guy. It could make a lot of sense that this is the weekend he pulls the trigger. Everyone's kind of been expecting it for a while. Maybe today he actually, or this weekend, he actually makes his choice. You know, when you you look at, at this list, Josh, it, it, is this as important that they have so many commits coming to not it's not just Caleb and a bunch of uncommitted kids. 
how much is it going to help to have some of those 2021 and 2022 class members there to, to sort of, I don't want to say egg on the environment, but to kind of let these people know, you know, this is what we're all trying to join and start together. Oh, I think it's big. I really do. I mean, you know, you look, people talk about Caleb and rightly so. I mean, obviously it's, it's impressive that he's put this together, but then you throw in, um, you know, a guy like Colin Montgomery. I don't think because of where he's ranked and the position he plays and all these things, people don't tend to notice it as much, but he's absolutely a guy that is as gung ho about this class and about building this class together as anybody. So for him to be there, Again, to spend time with Savion Bird, to spend time with Tristan Lee, and really get in those guys' ears and talk to them, I think that's massive for OU, and it's it's another big win for them. Now, you Clayton Smith is a guy that hasn't been to Oklahoma in a long time. He was supposed to come in the spring, had something come up. Now he's telling me he'll be there tomorrow. Uh, Danny Stutzman is a big one because he's literally never seen the campus before. So this is his first chance to really get an up-close look with his family so I, I do. I, I people. This is not a normal year where most commitments are going to be completely safe and everything set. And the guys, when they make their decision, they know everything they need to know. This is a weird year. So getting any guys here, and considering OU doesn't have to do anything, and these guys are coming in on their own dime, doing all this on their own, that's huge for Oklahoma. So I, I don't know how you could see any of this, but as but an absolute positive. And then if you can get some guys that are some of the maybes, uh, Kamar Wheaton is a possible, maybe a probable, that's supposed to be there. I'm still waiting for final word to confirm he is coming. Uh, Gentry Williams is one that's told me he may come up on Saturday after his scrimmage on Friday night. So there are a lot of other key pieces. And, you know, you get Gentry around another commitment, uh, Kobe McKenzie. Let those two talk about the 2022 class. Maybe get something moving in the right direction for themselves. So I, I do. I, I think this I, I think people that are expecting this to be an instant game changer, I don't know if I'd go that far. But if you wanted to say that yeah, I could see some impact two, three months down the road from what happened and started this weekend, I could absolutely believe that. Now Josh, let's kind of clarify what can or cannot the coaches do. I think there we know there's no face to face contact. We know they can't the players, the recruits can't go into the facilities. How much is there any sort of contact they actually can have with the coaches, though, through throughout the weekend? Early in the week, I was told that there was no communication allowed until they were off campus. That that could not happen, wouldn't happen. There, there was nothing like that could, that could come to pass. Now, as the week's gone on, I've heard some different things, like maybe they're still trying to figure out with compliance, what is, what isn't allowed, you know, because this is unprecedented. Everybody's having to kind of figure their way through this. But the last I was told definitively is there could be no contact while the guys were on campus. Now, they go home at night and go to the hotel room or whatever, you know, off campus. Hey, I, I, I'm almost, I don't know how that could be governed as anything but allowable. So I think that's okay, and they can kind of catch up with the guys and see what's going on and go through some of those steps. But while they're on campus touring and doing some of that stuff, they can't be in contact is what I understand, at, you know, I guess at the last time I was told. I'm not going to just rail on compliance, but I just find that so f***ing stupid. I don't, you know, it's one of those things where I, I don't, I don't know that you can get on to compliance about it because it's, 
it's a it's a rule that exists and usually it makes all the sense in the world now it's one of those sure. things where you feel like the NCAA should come through and be like listen we understand in this time these things are unusual we we can allow you know guys to zoom or guys to do FaceTime or whatever while they're on the campuses now there can't be any in-person meeting we can't do any of that I understand that you've got to draw the line somewhere but at the same time it allows the kids to have some sort of feel because the thing you know it's not about protecting the universities at this point you're screwing these kids over that are having to make the biggest decisions of their lives and having to do so with incredibly limited amounts of information if they're willing to pay the money to take that trip why not make that as fruitful for them as humanly possible it's always been hard to have the conversation about you know what a university what an athletic department can do in terms of how a compliance department is uh, interpreting bylaws I just know, you know, from what we've had to do in the past, uh, when they rose some, when they raised some objections to us covering camps in the summer, we put our foot down and said, "Look, we're not, we're not stopping, unless you go to the NCAA and get an interpretation of that bylaw that says that that specifically, the the bylaw that you're you're citing, has to do with our situation, and." You know, we put our foot down, and then later that day we were we were told, "Look, you're fine. Just do this and this, and you don't have to you don't have to change anything." So I'm I mean I wonder like can Lincoln Riley can Joe Castiglione go to compliance and say, "Look, we want an interpretation of this bylaw during the dead period that says no in person contact to, to to verify whether or not FaceTiming is considered in person contact." Because I would think that what I don't understand about compliance and the NCAA and all that, it's not standard across the board. So, like, if OU went to the NCAA, there needs to be an opportunity for them, for the NCAA to say, okay, they could FaceTime if they were on an unofficial dead period visit. So then every school across the country knows that's the playing field. That's, that's how it's level. Right now, as it stands, Texas does it, you know, reportedly. Other yep. schools do it, but then oh, you yep. can't do it. Like, I don't understand. Like, I guess it's the same problems that we're seeing with college football not being played in some conferences and the others. It's maddening, and this is happens. This happens at every level. If with the NCAA, that you can't have a standard set of rules across every campus on the country, and the room is silent. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, there's not much more that needs to be said because well, you, brought it, up, it, you, you brought up Texas, and that's what's actually you know been coming up a lot during the last month or so is kids going to Texas and FaceTiming the staff while they're doing their own tour. And is that allowed? Is that a violation? And it's such a gray area that it, no one really knows. It's just like the same thing that we've always battled too, and it's kind of what Gary alluded to just as far as – you know, a kid goes and makes a visit to Austin. They can they can go talk to him, Sukumel or whoever. We we can't get within thirty feet of them. We're like, like you barbecue, yeah, champion barbecue. We're worse than pedophiles in Norman. <laughs> well, guys, we can't take pictures of them if we see them in the stadium. Yeah, like they don't. Nobody yeah. points them out. Like they say, That's a weird one that we cannot point our camera at a kid that we know who the kid is and take his photo and use it online. That's like we're violating NCAA bullshit. 
That's not the rule, and they know it. But it, well, like, it, it just it infuriates me. You look at you know our Nebraska, or Auburn, or some some of these other sites that that have a full time photographer that goes to the games. Half the pictures on their page on a Sunday morning are recruits. Will be, will be updates. Ohio got with State recruits. is the same way. <laughs> Michigan is the same way. All these other rival sites take pictures of kids while they're on campus because they're all standing there on the sideline before the game starts. Yeah. And I, I know that people bitch and complain about it like fans do to us. And we're right there with you. We're more more pissed off than you are. I mean, because we we can't do it. Which, you know, I mean, there is there is a we've joked about this. Like, why don't we just walk with the kids and video every move that they make if it's unofficial and nobody's setting anything up? Like, let's see who throws a hissy then. I just like your use of the term hissy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, my angst is over. I'm sorry. All right, let, 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 let's summon it back up before we get to more of our, our bitching. Summon it back up, Bob. All right. Well, I mean, we've mentioned the, all the top kids coming. What What's maybe an under-the-radar storyline about this weekend then, Josh? Well, you know, I don't know if, if it's I, – I, I guess the one I would go with – and because everyone's going to talk about Tristan Lee, he's so highly rated, all these things. I think the biggest thing that could come out of this weekend is Savion Bird. Um, I feel like there's been a groundswell here as of late where people are starting to realize that Oklahoma, if they're not the leader, nobody else is either. I mean, they're right there with anybody else in his recruitment. And there's been talk of SMU. There's been talk of LSU. I, I think – his family is really big on Oklahoma. They like Bill Biedenboe. They they like the relationship they've built there. And I don't think a commitment would happen this weekend, but it wouldn't shock me if it did. I mean, I, I think he's he's really high on OU. Like I said, having a chance to be around Caleb, having a chance to be around Colin Montgomery. Talk with Tristan Lee. Maybe they have a conversation and say, hey, man, you got one side, I got the other. You know, there's your bookend tackles for the next you know three or four years. I mean, you, you've really got a good pairing there. So I, I think um, he's one of the storylines I would watch because, like I said, I feel like OU has really picked up a lot of momentum. Now, I, I picked him way back in June to OU, and I think I was kind of an outlier then, but now it seems like that's starting to become a more common idea. Um, but the other, obviously, is Tristan Lee. I think this is, this is Oklahoma's, and it's crazy because Oklahoma won't get to have any in-person contact with him, but it's, I think we can all pretty safely bet this is going to be his only trip to Oklahoma. Uh, official visits are so unlikely to happen. I don't see any way that he makes another trip. So I think this is going to, you know, this may be their shot. And with all the momentum for LSU with him over the last probably month, it feels like this is huge. Oklahoma has got to stem the tide here or they are just, it's going to be a really tough race to win. And then you you go to something like this, you always expect maybe one or two kids that kind of surprise and show up that you didn't see coming. I know he's got an announced commitment for Saturday night, but Calvin Gilliam, is there any chance maybe him and or DeMond Harmon end up in Norman as well this 
uh, this weekend. I have heard no talk of that, and um, Kelvin's a guy I talk to pretty regularly. I feel like he would let me know if that was going to go down. Now, DeMond, I don't have the same relationship with, so maybe that could come to be, but I would think if DeMond was going to go, Kelvin would find a way to go or vice versa. So I'm guessing neither one of them show up because, to me, it would make the most sense if they were going to go, and Virginia's not, you know, it's not like they've got to worry about uh, spring, excuse me, summer practices or scrimmages or anything like that, they could go with the, you know, the group we've already talked about with Farouk and Caleb and Tristan Lee. They could have kind of made the whole DMV trip together. That's not the way that's gone. So um, I I don't expect them to be there. Now, that being said, we can get into the Kelvin Gilliam section of this. I I like where Oklahoma is. Um, I, I really think he is just has a stronger relationship with the OU staff. That virtual visit, to me, I think he liked Oklahoma way back then, but that was the moment that he was like, okay, I, I could see myself going there. This could be the right place for me. And, again, I mean, you know, we've talked about it a ton. OU's ability to maximize those virtual visits has gone on and on. And, you know, I've talked to several guys this week, Talon Shetron, one of them, where they have just really hit it out of the park with some of these guys. And I think Kelvin was kind of the first moment you saw what a big difference they could make. All right. Um, outside of the summit, I mean, Josh, I know you had an update on the website. Uh, you've been doing a great. I mean, the thing about it, we've had so much stuff flying on the website uh, recently. But your first uh, note from uh, um, from yesterday uh, was on, and we, we have not talked about the Skylar Thomas kid from Washington State, right? No, no, we haven't. Uh, but you had a chance to uh, to catch up with him, I know, uh, and I thought it was a really interesting conversation. Yeah, you know, it was kind of a deal where I took a flyer. You know, obviously he was, uh, you know, for those that don't know, don't follow it, you know, every hour. Uh, Skylar Thomas Look announced you. this week. You made me he, so I proud. know, aren't you proud? I know. I'm so proud of you right now. Uh, he was going to transfer from Washington State. Uh, he is a player that was recruited by Alex Grinch out of Northern California uh, back in the 2016 class, spent a couple of years under Grinch, and he and I talked, and I was just kind of interested to see if that was a door that he would entertain, you know, because there's sometimes players, they just, you know, I, I came and that coach recruited me, but by the time I got there, I wasn't that interested. For him, that's not the way it was. He had a good relationship with Alex Grinch, obviously knew guys like Roy Manning and Brian Odom as well from their time there, uh, so... He, he really talked about, you know, Grinch was a guy that saw me as kind of a project, a guy that he really thought could become a player. You know, he didn't say it like that. I, I don't want to misrepresent him. But just you could tell that they kind of had built a bond that, that Grinch wanted to develop him. And then obviously he left for Ohio State. But Thomas was very clear. There were no hard feelings. It wasn't a, a bad breakup. They, they ended up in a good spot. And now, you know, he is very open to the idea of, you know, Oklahoma having that conversation with him. Like I said earlier, Oklahoma's got a couple of open spots. He's a safety, has, had four interceptions last year, about 75 tackles. I mean, he's a good player uh, for a Wazoo defense that was kind of chaotic last year after a coaching change at defensive coordinator. So there's been a lot that's gone on. But like I said, you could see this making some sense for Oklahoma to continue to try and build that safety position, which I think we'd all agree is probably the biggest question mark on that defense going into this season. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I can't believe that somebody that, you know, played in his system, you know, recruit, wouldn't be some kind of a benefit for, for OU's defense, especially as young as they are, you know, helping out a guy like Woody Washington, uh, helping out, you know, Jeremiah Cradell. Uh, I would just think that somebody that a grad transfer, he's not going to get to play. So that, I, I would love to see that work out for the Sooners. Yeah, and it makes all the sense in the world because this isn't a, I mean, you, most guys, you would say, okay, he's coming in this late. There's no way you could make that work. This is a guy that's spent a couple years now with Scrinch's system. He knows not only how it's run, but he's going to know most of the terminology. Uh, I'm, you know, obviously he'll have to be refreshed because it's a couple years dated for him. But he has some, you know, he has some groundwork already kind of laid to be that guy. So it, it it's very interesting. It's an idea, and you know, he told me. Uh, uh, what I will say is maybe most interesting is as we were talking, we kind of were just, you know, catching up on his time at Washington State. And when it got time to kind of talk about, you know, had OU reached out to him, what was the contact level, he started to get very quiet. And I don't know what to make of that yet, but he was very, very talkative, and then he very much was not. And so I don't know if that means OU probably had reached out and he's, you know, going to be quiet about it i i don't know what to make of that yet but it was telling that that was the point when he kind of slowed down two star out of high school grinch doesn't want him what uh, you know uh, that's uh, and fun fact same high school as kj young former ou great man talk about players that worked out well at ou yeah you know you hope it goes just as well I don't know why I will always remember where I was when I heard K.J. Young was quitting. Driving right. between Jonesboro and Little Rock, Arkansas. Doing what? Going to see my brother. He was he worked uh, at Arkansas State. I was like, I just quit. When was that? I couldn't even remember when that was. Was it like during the it was during the offseason? Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. It was just like it was really during the offseason. Like there was nothing going on. And I, the only reason I remember it so well is because nothing else was going on. I was like, God damn it, i got to chase this down now. So, and the, you saying you the program was never the same after that. <laughs> never recovered. Uh, did he? Where did he transfer to? Somewhere back in California, if I remember correctly, right? That's a good question. Obviously, right. obviously, first round pick in the NFL. Went so. on to big things. So anyway, I mean, yeah, I mean that's you know the summit going on. Uh, I will say this, uh, you know, as far as you know, Oklahoma's had one major scrimmage so far. Uh, I think it will get better. Uh, we really, there's really not a whole lot to tell you as far as standouts. I think you guys could probably tell on the Zoom calls, coaches weren't really willing to you know single anyone out and i think there was a reason for that i mean alex grinch said that he liked the position they were in but their tackling was terrible so i i think it was mainly a really rough first uh scrimmage and once they get everyone back who is either um you know contract contact tracing quarantined or covid that uh those scrimmages will look a lot better So. Yeah, I think, you know, Carrie, I think it's kind of what we talked about up at the top of the the, the, the podcast is as far as we're not the only ones that are in the unknown right now. The coaches are in the same boat. The players are in the same boat. 
I think that there's a lot of people that, you know, obviously we want to play football. Uh, there's just a big question mark in the back of my mind and the back of a lot of people's minds, how we go about doing it. And, you know, when you see stuff from South Bend or Chapel Hill or wherever, I mean, hell, 90 minutes up the road in Tulsa, it just, it, it kind of crashes you back to reality and you don't know how to handle it. And even this morning, did you see the Georgia State quarterback, uh, Michael Colasardo, announced he's been diagnosed with a heart condition after contracting the coronavirus. So, I mean, that stuff's very real out there. And it's I, the next two weeks are extremely important for everybody involved if we're going to have a football season. Yeah, as we said, they're working their way toward a football season. Doesn't guarantee there will be a football season. Um, so you just hope that nothing tragic happens. Uh, and because it's not going to take much for everybody to just say it's not worth it. We're going to wait, which that every morning we wake up, that possibility exists for one thing to happen. It's just it's a very precarious situation. Sure. There's no doubt about it. Which I think is why Lincoln Riley looks like he's getting older every day we see him. One thing real quick about the summit. Do you think, Josh or Bob, either of you, is it kind of a situation that it's going to be built up into, like this would be one of those weekends that you could get caught up in the moment and see some guys commit. Like this is the perfect example of that situation. Yeah, I think it especially is. I mean, when when you have ahead, other commits there, because you're gonna have that's you know you have a lot of like, hey, you know, I, I've already done it. I know why I want to be here. You know, you want to be here, so go ahead and make and make that call. I mean, that that's why you never want a, a big visitors weekend that's either all commits or all targets. You need that mix because you need people to sort of be that ringleader or like that guy that encouraged you to make that next step. And if you're all on the fence, then none of you do it. If you're all already there, then it's just like a nice hang nice hangout moment for you. So when you get that, that blend and that's where someone like a Colin Montgomery could really come in. If you're looking at Tristan Lee and Savion bird and Colin's already at that point, he can try to get those guys to start seeing what he's seeing and then maybe they pop sooner than later. All right, guys. Anything else that you wanted to get out of there before we uh, call it a day? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go ahead. and. Uh, I mean, we haven't done as many high school visits yet, but checking out Jordan Mukes and Ethan Downs here during the last week. And I think Mukes is by far a huge question mark and some someone that OU fans want to know more about. We got to watch him. Uh, just kind of go through more walkthrough type of stuff. They weren't in pads just yet, but you can see legitimate 6'3", 6'4", around 205 pounds. And, and someone just very honest about like who he was in January is not who he is now. And the help of Trey Porter really getting him to that next level. We will get to see him Friday night, Choctaw versus Mustang scrimmage coming up and I, I know it feels like it's an overkill on Mukes, but I think he's got the biggest question marks, especially when you see OU take him, but not 
the same type of chant on Kendall Daniels. And so a lot of people sort of wondering what sets Mukes apart that he deserves to be included in this class. And hopefully we get a sign of just what that is when we see him in live action Friday night. All right. Um, I think, uh, I think we're good. So a uh, lot of stuff going on, a lot of stuff to talk about. It was fun. Guys enjoyed it. Uh, and it will continue. We'll talk to the players tomorrow, uh, scheduled to have interviews. And that'll be the first time we get to talk to any players. Of course, Lincoln will decide who we're going to talk to on that. We haven't been told like, Hey, who do you want? Uh, I don't think we've been told that, asked that in a while. Have we, Bob? No, we have not. <laughs> you imagine Creed, Creed Humphrey. It would have been Caleb Kelly. So maybe Deshaun White. Those would be two two names. Maybe Trey Brown. I think Pat yeah. Fields probably. So we'll see how they split up between offense defense. The way things have gone, I wouldn't be surprised if they still send Caleb Kelly. <laughs> I'd talk to Caleb Kelly. I I love talking to Caleb Kelly. I I mean, it's not that it's not that we don't want to talk to Caleb Kelly. It's just. It would be right par for the course. Yeah, Lincoln's not going to let someone come and talk about his injuries, even even after the fact. That's true. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff to come. Uh, we continue tracking this. We, look, you're not going to get the woe is me stuff here. We're not rooting against the season. We all want to see the season happen. Uh, we do sometimes just try and make everyone understand to temper your expectations sometimes in regards to uh, – you know, any kind of definites. Just got to roll with the punches. We don't want everyone, you know, jumping off of a bridge. Uh, and I think that's kind of like how we look at this. Like, always know that this is a precarious situation that we're all in, whether it's playing, whether it's how they're going to look, who's going to be there, who's, you know, going to opt out, all that, like all of that stuff is, is also up in the air. I know it's frustrating. Uh, but it's just kind of the world we live in. So uh, we're not trying to be negative. We're, hopefully we don't come off that way. If you feel like it is, we know you're going to let us know on the scoop anyway. So uh, appreciate everybody listening. Uh, make sure you go and sign up for the scoop. We'd love to have your support. We appreciate everybody that's sticking with us uh, through all this stuff. It looks like we're going to have football. We sure hope that's the case. Uh, can't wait to uh, continue covering it for you for the, the weeks out. And uh, we'll have all the news about the summit this weekend as well. Uh, so stay tuned on the site for all of that. Uh, thanks to Josh. Thanks to Eddie. Thanks to Bob. And we'll see you guys back here right again next week on the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com.